for me, it's about being seen. And for a lot of us, I think it's about being seen and valued for who we are and how we show up in the world. And so when we refuse to use a person's pronouns that they have said that they would like to use, it can feel really invalidating and really painful. Like you, you are not willing to see me. You're not, I am not worthy of your uh, respect and love and attention. That's Jess Rao, and this is, well, That Went Sideways, a podcast that serves as a resource to help people have healthy, respectful communication. We present a diversity of ideas, tools, and techniques to help you transform conflict in relationships of all kinds. On this episode, we talk with Jess Rao about pronouns, why they matter, and how we can respond to some of the common conflicts and apprehensions around using non-binary pronouns. Jess Rao is the Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Training at WellPower, a large mental health service provider in Denver. They are also a member of the production team here at Well, That Went Sideways. I'm Sam Fuqua, co-host of the program, joined as always by Alexis Miles. Hi, Alexis. Hi, Sam. And we're really excited to have as our guest for this edition of Well, That Went Sideways, another member of the Sideways team, Jess Rao. Hi, Jess. Hey, Sam. Hi, Alexis. Really great to uh, to have you on the program. To start with, Jess, can you tell our listeners your thought process as to why you have chosen to use the pronouns you use and what that was like for you coming to that decision? Sure. So um, it was a journey. (laughs) Pronouns are often a a journey for folks to um, explore and see what fits and what feels right to them. Um, And for me, growing up throughout the 80s and 90s and into the 2000s, there weren't many choices. There there were a few choices for gendered pronouns. And for non-gendered pronouns, there really just weren't many, especially not ones that felt like they fit. Um, Some that kind of became popular in the 70s, but weren't widely used and um, didn't feel right for me. And then I heard through um, attending some conferences and participating in some workshops that there were some folks who were identifying um, using they, them, and that felt good. That felt really like it fit. And and I guess I should say too, um, it felt like it fit compared to what the other options are. So there may be something that we invent later on that will feel better, but compared to what the other options were, he, him, she, her, um, some of the other pronouns, they, them just felt the best when I kind of tried it on. And remind us, what is a pronoun? Yeah. So pronouns are are actually just, they're a part of speech that we use. Um, they're the short little words um, that we use um, throughout all of our language. But in this case, we're talking about personal pronouns. So a pronoun that we're using to, a word we're using to refer to a person um, when they are not there or when we're not using their name. So when you think about like saying he went to the store, they went to the store, she went to the store. Um, Those are pronouns. And so uh, we use them all the time. Everybody has pronouns. I, the the word I is a pronoun. Um, You're referring to yourself without using your name. Um, And so we is a pronoun, the collective of all of us without using our names. And so just keeping in mind 
Um, we all use them. We all have them. It's just a part of speech. And we actually use uh, non-gendered or non-binary. We use they, them as a singular pronoun all the time. So imagine you're, you're at a restaurant and it's raining outside and you look over at the table next to you, the people have left, and you realize that someone has left their umbrella. That's what you would say. They left their umbrella. That's, it's a common thing for us to use uh, they, them, when we don't know the gender of a person, um, to use they, them as a singular pronoun. And so um, it's something we actually always do and we have the skills to do and we've always done. Uh, it just feels heightened right now because folks are are feeling nervous or threatened by the idea of using them more often or more commonly. But yeah, pronouns are just just the words we use when we're not using a person's name. And maybe we should back up and talk a little bit about gender and what that even means. How do you define gender, Jess? Yeah. So when I think about gender and when I train folks on gender, um, I think about it as a social construct, basically something that we've created as a society um, that categorizes people. And that's what we do, right? Our brains need to categorize things so that we can have efficient thought processes. And so throughout many different iterations of um, exploring what does gender mean, what does sex mean, um, how do they, how are they related to one another, um, what a lot of us think and what feels right to me is that gender and sex are two separate things. Gender is the way you feel internally and want to express yourself outwardly, um, and sex is the biological. And so those two things don't have to align. They don't have to be uh, connected for folks. So when I think about gender, yeah, I think about it as a, a bigger social construct that we have created to help categorize people. Well, and the the whole pronoun question, or in some cases, pronoun debate, has really, I think, made a lot of us think more deeply about gender. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's it's become very, <laughs> very divisive and uh, very challenging for folks because we're asking, when we're asking folks to consider gender in a different way than maybe they had before, and then also to do the action of using pronouns that they're not used to or that may have been different than what they expected, then people are um, defensive. It makes people really nervous, makes people really uh, feel like, hey, you're changing something that feels comfortable to me, and I don't like that. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's it's very broad conversation right now being had everywhere from workplaces to governments to schools to faith-based institutions to families, but also a really challenging conversation to have. Just one of the things I've noticed is that some people have not thought enough about the language to even understand that pronouns are gendered. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd just like to read a, a little something. I believe this is from the Anti-Defamation League and just get your response to it. It says, from an early age, many were taught that pronouns should follow specific rules along the gender binary. She, her, hers for girls and women, and he, him, his for boys and men. However, as our society has progressed in understanding gender identity, our language must also be updated. It should be accurate and convey understanding and respect for all people, especially those who are transgender, gender nonconforming, and non-binary. Do you agree with that analysis? 
Oh yeah, that's that's beautiful and perfect and said <laughs> said really well. Um, I think we, like I was just saying a little bit, we get stuck in what's comfortable. Um, and, and the reality is, is that things are always changing. Language is always changing. Like think back um, to the language that you've introduced into your vocabulary, right? There was not email. Email was not a word any of us knew. And then all of a sudden it was, it is a thing that we all know about and we all use, we all understand. And so language evolves. Think about slang terms, like things like saying cool or rad or awesome. Like those things change over time. Our language changes and, and evolves over time. And so this is another example of that. And then also our understanding has gotten so much deeper um, and so much richer in terms of people's experiences. And I think because of social media, more people were able to share their stories and find each other. And so therefore that amplified some of the uh, experiences that folks were having outside of what they're talking about, that gender binary. The thing about the language evolving reminds me of some of the language that we use and maybe even have begun to take for granted now, like cisgendered, transgendered, non-binary, intersex, gender fluid. Could you take a moment and just give a, a brief explanation for some of the more common terms used to describe the lived experience of some people with gender? Sure, yeah, happy to. Um, and I think there's there's a big misunderstanding of what cisgender means. Um, and there are folks who are taking pretty strong offense to being referred to as cisgender. So um, cis and trans are just two terms, they're Latin terms. Cis means basically like in alignment with, I'm aligned, and trans means I'm not aligned. And so when we talk about people who are born um, and they're assigned male or a female at birth, um, let's say someone's assigned male at birth, and then they grow up and they're like, yes, I feel like I am a male. That feels like that describes me. I'm a man. Uh, and my biology is the same, then your cisgender, your, your gender identity aligns with your sex that was assigned at birth. For trans folks, that's not the case. We are born, and then as we grow and learn and develop, our gender identity may not be aligned with the sex that we were assigned at birth. And so that's all it means is aligned and, and uh, not aligned, essentially, in the simplest uh, terms. So those ones that's how I would describe those. A couple of other non-binary is a, um, a type of gender. So you have male, female, man or woman, right? And then non-binary are folks who don't feel like they fit on that uh, two-part spectrum. So we have, sometimes we think about sex and gender as there's men on one side, women on the other side, um, that either you are one or the other. It's like an off and on switch, right? <laughs> You're either on or off, one or the other. Um, and that's what binary is. You have two choices and that's it. With folks who are non-binary, we don't feel like we fit in those two choices neatly or nicely. And so again, because there's not a good word for describing who we are yet, like we haven't uh, created those terms together yet, we mm -hmm. kind of describe based on who we're not. We are not binary. We don't fit in that box. Um, and so that's what non-binary is gender nonconforming or gender fluid, um, those types of terms. That just means people within the various identities have, have different experiences of gender. So gender fluid 
um, are folks who kind of go in and out of different gender feelings and experiences. So um, they may feel at some point in time a little bit more like male or masculine or man fits, and then they might shift more into non-binary and that feel like that fits. So it kind of um, depends on the day, the situation, the time. Um, it's much more fluid. It flows. Right. And so um, there are a lot of different terms, many, many, many that folks are experimenting with, trying on, um, exploring to find what fits best for them. Well, let's take a couple of uh, examples of where we can come into conflict with pronouns. And as we mentioned in our introduction, you are the lead for diversity, equity and inclusion work at a large mental health nonprofit. Let me start with maybe the the less confrontational situation, which is whether it's a friend, a family member, or work colleague, we're supportive of the pronoun conversation and using the correct pronouns with uh, someone we work with or someone we care about in our friendships or family, but we're nervous about making a mistake. And so I'll just go with my own self, right, Jess? So when we met <laughs> 2020... And you told me, uh, prefer they, them, but she, her is okay. Part of me was like, okay, shoo, because uh, I, I don't want to screw up. And part of that is a motivation to not hurt the feelings of my friend or coworker, mm -hmm. but also kind of lazy on my part as I thought about it. Like, come on, Sam, you could like pay attention to this and get this right. So when you have someone who's say like me, who's supportive and trying, but does make a mistake and use the wrong pronoun, how should we approach that? It's a great example. <laughs> Definitely a great example. And I'm going to note one thing before we, before I dive into um, what, what folks can do is that pretty often um, it's pretty common that folks will say, um, I'm okay with two different pronouns, one that's more binary and then they, them, or another non-binary and non-gendered pronoun. And sometimes we do that because we're truly okay with it. We really are okay. We, either one is fine with us. Um, sometimes we do that because we don't want to be a burden on others. So we don't want to force others or make others uncomfortable. Um, we don't want to have the conversations constantly about gender or the reminders. And so it lightens the mental load for us to say, oh, it's okay to use she, her, or they, them. Um, another reason that we might say that is because uh, we're still trying things on. We're seeing, does they, them fit? Does she, her fit? Does he, him fit? And so people evolve over time and sometimes can become more comfortable with one pronoun versus the, the what we call mixed pronouns that may, they may have been using at a different time. And I think that's definitely been a journey for me. The where it fits for me is that with folks who I'm very close to and very familiar with, I don't have a strong reaction when folks use mixed pronouns. I don't really feel um, very strongly about it. And so it's okay with me for people like Sam, you and I, Alexis, um, our Sideways Pod team, my family, my close friends. Externally, in a work setting or with people I'm unfamiliar with, with people I don't know very well, I would strongly prefer not to use um, she, her pronouns. And I only use they, them for a couple of reasons. One is, I feel like you all see me. My, the Sideways Pod team, Sam, Alexis, you all, you see me and you know me. Um, and so I don't have to question what's going on for folks. With external people who I'm not as familiar with, um, I don't know if they're seeing me fully as who I am. 
And so I think for me, and that's just my experience, everybody has very different experiences. And another thing that I used to say is uh, when I started to kind of push a little bit, I would say, I use she, her for your comfort and they, them for my comfort. So you can pick, do you need to prioritize your comfort and, and no judgment if that's what you need to do? Um, or would you like to prioritize mine? So if in those settings, sometimes people would make choices based on where they were and how they felt in terms of pronouns. Um, that is definitely not common experience of, of a lot of folks. A lot of folks really feel strongly um, that when they share uh, specific pronouns that you need to use those pronouns. If you make a mistake, because mistakes will happen in a situation where folks are, are close to you or friends, or if you just know it's not malicious in intent, um, the best thing for you all to do if, if you mix up on pronouns is just to um, correct yourself and move on. So say you're talking about me or talking to me and you say uh, she and you want to use the they them pronouns. You say they, she, I mean they, and then you move on. Um, you don't have to make a big production. Usually people don't want uh, that, that type of attention. And then later on, you could reach out maybe by a text message or uh, pull the person aside and say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I mixed up those pronouns. I'm really working on it. Um, but usually if you just quickly correct yourself and move on, that's, that's a great response and feels um, really validating and supportive. Well, thanks for all that. So quick correction there. What about in a workplace where someone does misuse a pronoun, does not correct? How do you call someone in to a conversation about that versus calling them out and saying, hey, you're using the wrong pronouns in a kind of a calling out way? It obviously all depends on the situation, but um, kind of similar is if I notice um, someone is using incorrect pronouns for me in a meeting, um, then I may just shoot a quick, we use like a lot of instant messaging, right? Whether it's Slack or Teams or Hangouts or whatever it is, um, just a quick message. Hey, just a reminder, I use they, them pronouns. And typically people are like, oh yeah, and they they shift or they they work to shift. Another option is sometimes depending on how I'm feeling that day, if I, if I feel like I have enough energy um, to do it, I might uh, just pause and, and just say that in front of the group, but in a really like kind of uh, supportive way of, again, just, hey, just a reminder, I use they, them pronouns. And then again, not making a big deal of it, just move on. And then for others, so uh, for me, it's really tricky if people speak on my behalf or um, come in to my defense. I would prefer not that folks don't do that. And so I often will ask people if they jump in and say, Jess uses they, them pronouns, um, I'll send that message and say, oh, please don't uh, speak on my behalf. It really, you could open up a can of worms that I'll, I don't want to deal with in that day or with that person. And I thank you. I appreciate you, but but I'd rather not deal with that or manage that. But I would say typically like a, a short private conversation, a quick reminder note um, for those who maybe just made a mistake or just forgot what pronouns or don't know because we haven't met before, um, don't know what pronouns folks use is a, a great way to call people in and um, let them know. And finally, do you encounter in your in your workplace or in uh, talking with other folks any uh, cases where people are outright resistant to the idea of uh, 
shifting their own thinking about pronouns and uh, they may just be a hard case, you know, old dog, new tricks, or they may just be uh, actively resisting. And how does one deal with that? I mean, I guess at, at a certain point, we have federal laws against harassment in the workplace, and this could come into that area. But I wasn't so much talking about that necessarily as just dealing with someone who is really a resistant to this. Yes, unfortunately, <laughs> it's a it's a fairly common experience. Um, and it can come in in several forms, right? It can be a person who just kind of scoffs and, and laughs when you share uh, that you use pronouns other than what they expected to use for you or wanted to use for you. It can be outright. So in a training setting, um, it has definitely been the case that people have said, I don't use pronouns. I won't use pronouns, which we can talk about. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that if you'd like to, but um, what they're really saying is I I will use the pronouns that I would like to use and and um, any others, I'm not going to be respectful of that. Um, and then there are folks who purposefully and who regularly um, misuse or use improper pronouns for folks. And that happens on a regular basis too. So no matter how many times you remind them, uh, they're still using the incorrect pronoun. And it's because they don't agree with having non-binary pronouns in particular, or using a pronoun that they don't think aligns with a person's gender expression um, that they're making assumptions about. And so in those situations, I do uh, tend to and do suggest that folks get a little bit more firm if it, if they're in a place I'll always prioritizing their safety, just to say that's it's really disrespectful on it, or opening a question with a an open-ended question. I'm wondering why you don't want to respect my pronouns or respect this person's pronouns. I wonder, um, can you share with me a little bit about what's going on for you? And sometimes that leads to a really good conversation. Sometimes it doesn't, but it, but it can be a tool asking those open-ended questions. In a workplace setting, what my hope would be is that the workplace would say something like, you are not required to share your own pronouns um, if you don't want to. That's not a requirement for anyone, but it is a requirement to respect other people's pronouns and to put that effort and energy in. And then, like you said, Sam, it can get into uh, disciplinary action or things like that if someone refuses to. And then in the rest of the world, it, it honestly comes down to picking and choosing your battles. Like, is this a person I care about enough um, that I need to engage in this conversation with them to ask them um, to use the pronouns that I use? Uh, or is this a person who I'm, I just don't have a deep relationship or I don't care about, or they're trying to escalate a conflict, in which case I might just choose to leave or walk away from that situation because it's not really going to go anywhere. What's the impact of a person's refusal to use the pronouns that a person wants to be used for them? Yeah. That's a really great and important question. The impact can be really profound uh, because like I said, for me, it's about being seen. And for a lot of us, I think it's about being seen and valued for who we are and how we show up in the world. And so when we refuse to use a person's pronouns that they have said that they would like to use, it can feel really invalidating and really painful. Um, like you, you are not willing to see me. You're not, I am not worthy of your uh, respect and love and attention. I've heard some people even say, I was working with some youth and someone said that their 
they have a, a family member who is very adamant in making sure that they gender the the family's dogs correctly. He, the, this dog's a boy, this dog's a girl, um, but not them, not them as the, the niece or nephew and how that feels um, that they may value their pets over a family member who's um, wanting the same thing. And so it's, it can be really devaluing in the mental health world. It has been researched and shown that respecting a person's identity, including their pronouns, and even just something as small as pronouns, um, can dramatically reduce the risk of suicide within the community of transgender people. And so um, the impact can go from, from a, a small feeling of invalidation all the way through to preventing suicide and preventing people from uh, making really terrible choices to cope with with the world that we live in. So it it may feel small, but it's pretty significant to the folks who are are trying to navigate the world. Thank you for that. Because some of the conversations I hear uh, imply that, oh, this is a trivial thing. It's just people experimenting, trying things on. They're going to change their minds in the future. So it's trivialized a mm -hmm. lot in the media by people who are against the use of using the pronouns that people want use for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I do have another question because sometimes I hear people say, what is your preferred pronoun as opposed to which pronouns do you use? Can you say something about preferred pronouns? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, preferred pronouns was the a way that we talked about this probably maybe even 15 or so, 10, 15 years ago. Um, the term preferred pronouns was was appropriate. But again, as language evolves, as identities evolve, as people evolve, um, the community has asked and, and wants to remove preferred before pronouns because uh, preferences are easier to disregard. Preferences are easier to um, dismiss. And so instead of saying, I prefer that you call me they, them, folks are just saying, no, my pronouns are, these are my pronouns. Um, so you can say a person's personal pronouns, you can say a person's um, pronouns, but preferred um, was was kind of diminishing. And people were just like, oh, if you just prefer it, I don't, I'm not going to, to honor it because it's just a preference. And so that's the shift that's happened uh, with that language over the last few years. Jess, I know you've done a lot of work with youth throughout your mm -hmm. career. This uh, discussion of pronouns, does it differ? And if so, how? Yeah, in large part, it does differ. I think there are still pockets of places, depending on where you are and what the um, value systems and belief systems of the communities that you're within are. Um, but in, in general, with the youth that I have worked with, there is a dramatic shift, um, even from uh, again, like 10 years ago or so, there's been a, a pretty dramatic shift where it's not really uh, as much of a big deal as it you, as you might think it would be with youth. Youth are just like kind of, yeah, yep, that person uses they, them pronouns, or um, this young person is transgender, and they just kind of roll with it um, and support each other. It's It's pretty, I wouldn't say it's perfect by any means. There's still a lot of challenges the trans youth face, um, a lot of ridicule, a lot of bullying, but there's definitely a broader or greater acceptance. 
and just walking through schools or walking through youth programs, hearing young people say, oh, I use the, they, them pronouns, or I use he, him pronouns when maybe the expression, their gender expression might not indicate that for folks. It's common and it's uh, mind boggling because in my time in high school, middle school, that was absolutely not the case. Um, that was uh, a recipe for um, bringing a lot of really negative attention your way. And so uh, I do think it's shifted. I do think youth are more used to it and are more willing to uh, see that people's lived experiences are just different and we don't have to be um, in the one or one of two boxes uh, in the way that we've always set things up. Well, that's really good to hear. Mm-hmm. I guess another example of where young people lead the way, sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just in addition to how young people are, are able to have a more expansive view of, of gender, what are some other things that give you hope in this area? Yeah, it's uh, it, on the age spectrum. I would say that it's um, elders too. There are a lot of elders who are, are leading the way. Um, I was watching a, a short video clip of um, compiled a group of people who are 40 and older who use non-binary or non-gendered pronouns of various types. And they uh, were sharing when they started using those pronouns. So again, some folks in the 60s and the 50s, some folks more recently, but they're still within that kind of age group of 40 and older. And they were doing that to help inspire and support youth who, and and for those people who say it's just a phase or who just say that it's just an experiment, this is just a thing kids are doing. Um, and I'm in that age group. I'm within that 40 and older group and you have used uh, non-gendered pronouns for a very long time um, since I became aware of them existing. And so uh, I think that gives me hope that there are elders who are also paving the way and being supportive. And then folks outside of the community who are willing to do the same thing, no matter what the the age demographic that they are. Um, I think the the number of media options and where we're seeing non-binary characters or transgender characters and TV shows and cartoons and um, other media is really giving me hope because representation really matters being able to see yourself as a part of this world really matters to a lot of people. So that, that brings me hope. And then just the conversations I've been able to have, even with people who are so adamantly against the use of non-gendered pronouns, most of the time, those folks with a conversation are at least willing to put their guard down a little bit. Um, in my experience, I know that's not, not everybody's experience, but at least willing to say, oh, I didn't understand that a pronoun is just a part of speech. And all of us use pronouns. Everyone uses pronouns. And I I didn't get that. I thought it was just a thing that those people were doing. Um, So those conversations that disarm um, and where people can come together have been really inspiring. And just for people who want to know more about pronouns, the importance of pronouns, the fact that we all use pronouns all the time, for people who want some more resources, what would you recommend? Yeah, so I think two resources that can be really helpful. One is a website called Trans Student Educational Resources, or TESR. So it's 
uh, transstudent.org. And it's a group of educators, um, students who come together and collect um, different resources for folks to be able to explore these ideas more. And so they have great resources on understanding gender, gender expression, pronouns, um, various other parts of identity. And then another is um, local to Colorado, but they have lots of uh, resources as well. And it's an organization called Envision You. And so um, it's all one word, envisionyou.org. And they are a great organization with lots of resources on their site as well. Jess, it's been great to talk to you. It's great working with you. And I really appreciate that we're able to have this conversation as well. Same. And I love that the Sideways Pod team is so supportive. Um, and so thank you all as well for the opportunity to share. Absolutely. It's a very, very important topic. Thanks, Jess. Jess Rao is the Manager of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Training at WellPower, a mental health service provider in Denver. And they're also a member of the production team here at, well, that went sideways. Thanks for listening to Well, That Went Sideways. We produce new episodes twice a month. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts and on our website, sidewayspod.org. We also have information on our guests and links to more conflict resolution resources at the website. That's sidewayspod.org. Our production team is Mary Zinn, Jess Rao, Norma Johnson, Alexis Miles, Aliyah Thobani, and me, Sam Fuqua. Our theme music is by Mike Stewart. We produce these programs in Colorado on the traditional lands of the Arapaho, Cheyenne, and Ute nations. To learn more about the importance of land acknowledgement, visit our website, sidewayspod.org. And this podcast is a partnership with the Conflict Center, a Denver-based nonprofit that provides practical skills and training for addressing everyday conflicts. Find out more at conflictcenter.org.